Are you ready now? All those pre-tech questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm sorted. I'm right. I just had a lot of things I needed to sort out. Okay. Hello and welcome to It's In The Jeans podcast, a podcast by The Digital Gene. My name is Declan. And I'm Sharon. And we're a mum and son duo and directors from The Digital Gene. You know when you into? did you say something there? I said you always laugh when I intro myself. Do you know like when you speak it cuts out what I say so people can't hear that as well? I do, yeah, but I don't have any other way to get a word in. Right. Mum, you don't struggle at getting a word in, trust me. Maybe not with other people, but when it's me and you. No, you don't struggle at all. Yeah. So it feels like it's well, well it has been quite a while. By the way. Hmm? I've just bought a top like that. I've had this for years. Oh. But there's no point talking about something visual on a podcast. There isn't, no, but I mean we can just oh. just for the beauty of our listeners, we can see each other. Yes, yeah. So it feels like ages since we, well, it has been quite a while since we recorded and we haven't really had a bit where we just have us just chit-chatting. We do have a guest coming in this episode as well, but we're just going to have a quick 15 minutes with just us two because we're knackered, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I've really looked forward to this all day. I've had such a busy day since 5.40 a.m., that I thought, oh, I'm really looking forward to a bit of a banter with my eldest on the podcast. And it really? means that we, yeah, because it means that I can just chill for a bit and just chat to you, which I love, as you know. And we don't get we don't get any chances to just chat because we don't see each other in real life in person anymore because of that word which we won't. Well, we will, because I'm in self-isolation, so... Oh, so we're talking about that then? No, well, just... Are you going to tell everybody what a lovely gift your mum sent you because you were self-isolating? A load of sweets. A load of sweets. Like, so much sweets. I already feel like... I I already feel like I'm putting weight on. Well, I knew there were all the old school goodies that you liked, and I thought, well, if anything's going to cheer him up, a big a big hamper full of those will. But I have exercised <gasps> three days three days in a row now. It's amazing. Sorry, before you go on about exercising, right? Well, you know how we always get well. I always get excited about e-commerce stuff. So mm. I bought you that per, with a personalised gift card to you, didn't I? Mm-hmm. So last night, how clever is this with retargeting? I meant I meant to tell you about this this morning. How clever is this with retargeting? How then? Spit it out. A personalised ad in my Instagram feed. Mm. We thought you might like this for Halloween. The Williams Family Spooky Sweets. How clever is that? And then when you click through to the website... Not only did they serve the ad up, the retargeting ad like that, but when you clicked through to the website, the actual preview of when you're actually ordering these goods, they'd previewed, pre-populated all of that. So literally all I had to do was check out and buy. Dangerous. Good. That is retargeting at its very, very best level, I thought. Because that's that's like the kind of thing, isn't it, where you go... Oh, go on then. I will have them. It's oh. got my name on. It's got whatever on. Like, 
Yeah, because I thought, how clever is that of them? Whoever's doing their marketing, look. Whoever's doing mm. their marketing, William's family trick and treats, and then you, and then you scroll up, and there it is, all ready to buy. I was like, that is that is some good retargeting. That is that is uh. that is <laughs> <laughs> done properly, isn't it? Yeah. I love when digital's done properly. Mm, fabulous, fabulous. I didn't buy them, though. You didn't? No. I don't need any Halloween sweets in this house anymore, do I? No. And I don't think there'll be any little, little, little ease knocking on the door either, do you? Well, they're not allowed, are they? No. Isn't that sad? Halloween's gone. Halloween's well, I know, but like, my favourite occasion Yeah. It was when you were tiny, when you... Yeah, Mum, that's like 20 years ago. Well, I still like Halloween. I'd I'd love a grown-up Halloween party, but nobody else ever seems interested. I'd love to get dressed up as Cruella de Vil. Cruella! Cruella! Um, Sorry. I've thrown you off track now. I don't even know what we're talking about. I just know that we're dead busy. Stop speaking when I'm speaking because I can't hear it. Sorry, podcast man. <laughs> that's the only like. Speaking the... man. Oh, I can't. You've completely just. You know what's funny is when I've got nothing to talk about today. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> You're not sure up. Sure <laughs> up. Like at all. So yeah, I'm in self-isolation because I went for a coffee with two friends that tested positive two days after. So I've got three days left. I'm allowed out on Sunday, thank God. COVID's gone tits up again. The world's going a bit crazy and we're going a bit... Our business is going crazy, so we can't really complain. Well, we can. Everything and everybody is crazy. We can, we, we can complain because you are overworked, but... Yeah, I am overworked. We're going to... We keep talking about recruiting, don't we? Our first... We do. Our, well, Whatever that looks like. Yeah, we've already recruited... We're already more than just us, aren't we? We've already got Gary yeah. who joined us in, in April. Um, but we're looking for our first traditional hire, potentially, aren't we? Uh-huh. We're not sure what that looks like yet because it may actually be two hires, one coming fairly quickly after the other. Um, but officially, so far, October is our best, 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 best month ever, isn't it? Yeah, we thought August was good. But... Yeah, lots of exciting developments, lots of conversations, um, really sort of pulling out our capabilities now of what we can do as a business. And it's Really exciting, isn't it? Yeah, really it is. I just love digital transformation. Just thought, yeah, I'd that in. I know you do. I know, I know. Yeah, which which your your brother always says, oh, it's so it's it's amazing for somebody your age to be. Is that what he says? He always says it. I really think it's fascinating, Mum. Somebody your age is doing what you do, and the way you are, 
And you're a woman as well. <laughs> oh, God. You're on that in before. Is it like, are we living in Dickensian times well, or something old, like? I'm an old biddy who loves digital, basically, is what he's saying, which I, which I guess is what he says he thinks is unusual. But he's not the first to say that, is he? Or he's not the well, first. Well, no. I mean, he, no. he's telling it like it is because he's family, but he's not the first. There's been many people who've sort of implied it before, hasn't there? Mm. It's a bit boring now, though. It is a bit boring, but it still happens. Oh, no, no, I, yeah, I suppose I'm so used to working with you now when people go, oh, that's, um, if someone said to me, like somebody new who I met said to me, oh, that's um, a bit different, your mum being in digital in, in her 50s, I'd be like, is it? Because I'm just so used to it, but. Not far off my 60s now, Dex. No, no. Can we talk about something we've oh, been up to rather, on, rather than. With it. Rather than us just like chatting, you'd be no good in, in load of rubbish. No good in strictly. Adam, you'd be no good in strictly. As a Am I dancing like because you don't know how to lead? I do. Get on with it then. If you come in like a wrecking ball, I'd be on the dance floor halfway through, and you come swinging in on the bloody on the wrecking ball. glitter ball, on the, the glitter ball. ball. Come on then. Um, I to so obviously I've been locked away, so I've been like watching loads of stuff. And the conclusion I've come to is I'm a member of the Satanic Church. (laughs) (laughs) So I watched this Netflix documentary called Hail Satan. It's been on my list for ages. I need to watch this. And it was a Sundance documentary. It got like really, it did really well. It was quite big. I think it, yeah, but it was 2018. So it's a couple of years since I've actually had a chance to watch it but just flicking through my watch list and I thought I'm going to watch that and basically they you whilst they all do look like a bit some of them look a bit scary look a bit gothy covered in tattoos piercings everywhere whatever there's some really normal people that are are, are it normal and they just no they are mm. they just use the satanic thing and the devil kind of, I think, as a bit of a PR exercise to get noticed and get the news on them, especially in, like, Bible Belt America because mm. they're obviously so different. But all they basically stand for is that religion should have nothing to do with any political decision that's made. Oh, I, I well, I'm satanic then in that case because I... Well, that's what I was... I was watching it, I thought, well, sign me up then because <laughs> it was like, yeah, of course, and they're saying... And what the arguments were making, there's some there's some government buildings in America and on the grounds they've got the Ten Commandments as like yeah. a statue. And they were like, why has that got anything to do with what political decisions are being made in those buildings? It shouldn't have anything to do with it. Well, I mean, I haven't, so been, they, I haven't been to Washington, but isn't there loads of religious iconic stuff around the Abraham Lincoln uh, memorial? Probably. Yeah, yeah. But, I was, but then there were saying they wanted their statue with, like, the devilly-looking goat on it. And obviously, everybody, millions of people kicked off saying they can't do that. But they said, well, we're, we live in a multicultural society. If you can have the Christian pillars on there, why can't we have our statue as well? Mm-hmm. It was just really interesting. I was, They are weird. There is a group in London. Is it, is it a one-off documentary or is it a season? Yeah, no, it's a one-off, oh. just an hour and a half. Um there's Speaking one in London. Pin, you know, like you've got your liberal pin. Are you going to get your little satanic pin next? 
yeah probably <laughs> yeah so it was fascinating i've watched all sorts i can't even remember what i've been up to reading again um but no i thought oh i'm gonna mention this because i really recommend it as a documentary oh i'm gonna watch it You've been just probably watching a load of rubbish, have you? Riviera or whatever it is. Oh, I got excited because Riviera came back. So I think, I think, and your dad likes that as well. We finished Below Deck. Oh, my God. We finished Below work. Deck. We called yeah. with everything on Below Deck. Your dad loves Below Deck. I'm sure he's like a sailor in a past life. What shall we do with the sailor? <laughs> he's one of those in a past life. Uh, he really likes that. So we've watched a couple of episodes of Riviera, but we also... Um, I've watched two episodes of that latest BBC, um, Roadkill, with Hugh, Hugh Laurie as the um, transport. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's actually really good. Yeah. Well, he's actually yeah, now, no, now, he's, now he's the justice minister or whatever they call him, minister for justice. That's how, I right. That sounds like something out of Harry Potter, doesn't it? I knew you were going to say Harry Potter. <laughs> I knew that. Um, but um, actually, yeah, it's really good really really enjoyable so amongst loads of other rubbish that i've watched but there's something coming back this week on netflix season two that i really like the alienist it's on today yeah, yeah i love that i love yeah. one of that right up my street you know what i've just seen as well hmm? i've just seen servants coming back in january Servants, <gasps> the scary one with the baby oh that was on apple tv wasn't it? yeah it was yeah it was yeah, mm. and I've also joined our friend Sam Rickleton on Facebook earlier. Said that she's joined that new. I don't know how new it is, but it's it's all the rage at the minute. And I've seen a few other people talk about it. Those fit classes, spelled F double I T. Have you seen them online? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've seen a few people talk about them. I thought, oh, I think I could do those. Um, oh, Sam's got a twenty five percent off discount code. And I thought, oh, I might use a discount code and have a go. Is um, it expensive? Like, I don't know. I didn't look at the price. Oh. But I thought I could do fit. Is that like a a thingy of hit? There's also she's she's put on that she started uh, yoga as well on there, but mainly for hit because as you know, hit is the only thing that helps me. <clears throat> Lose weight. I didn't cough intentionally for that. Then I literally did have a frog in my throat. It wasn't <laughs> got a sign <laughs> like that. It wasn't meant like that. Uh, yeah. So watch this space. But you saw you saw the little meme I shared on Facebook, didn't you, the other day? This is my exercising for the week. Oh, the little dog. Little dog with one foot on the. Three people have sent me that. Really? Mm. Not three people have said, "Is this your mum?" <laughs> No, no. God, why do you think the world revolves around you? Oh, I don't know, darling, but it, it does. Um, no, some, a couple of my friends who aren't, are a bit exercise averse. Is that the, exercise that's what I'm looking yeah. for? Oh, that's a good one. Um, they were like, this is what I've been doing all year, and I loved its little foot on the trend. Little, so little paw. Yeah. I thought that could be our dog when we get one. Yeah. Well, that's what we've been up to. It's like, I feel like yeah, there's nothing we can talk there. about. Is that about our dog? Just, yeah. Um, what? I thought the dog was going to be a little topic of conversation. Well, how can we talk about a video that no bugger's seen? No bugger? Are you swearing <laughs> on podcast? 
Oh, I've already sworn. I've already sworn once. You obviously oh, didn't click. Don't we? We haven't never said yeah. the word, have we? No, no. But I always tick it as expletive expletive when I list it because I'm always worried that sometimes we don't, and then we'll get like penalised for having it. For bugger. No, not for that. I just worry that we slipped in like some swear no, words right. and we not even noticed. Okay. Um. So that's. There's no point talking about COVID, is there? Because there's no changed. Apart from everybody's locking down more. All over the world again as well, not just here. Yeah. 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 No, what did you think? He's, he's rescued Christmas, isn't he? He won't rescue Christmas at all. No, that's what I'd be planning to say. Like, obviously, oh, we've obviously not really spoke about the app, which I've, like has told me to self-isolate, which we've talked about before on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... The, it obviously works, but then I've just seen there that this week it's contacted the least amount of people ever. So it's contacted something like 56% of of the people that it was meant to tell to isolate. Well, I've never, apart from those glitches I, I got a few of a few weeks ago where it was telling me something and then there was nothing in the app, I've had absolutely nothing. Mind, I haven't been very... Well, you're not really going anywhere, are you? Not so, really, no. So that's right. I was only I was only did it because I was sat next to my friends having a coffee with them and then they tested positive two days later. But they're just, they're just a shambles with this tech stuff. And, like, I, I don't really cringe at that. Well, I do cringe at that consultancy fee. Did you see seven grand a day? Mm. At the pain. Yeah. And I thought, well, I have heard of certain industries with those massive consultancy fees before, lawyers, all those kind of things. But I thought seven grand a day. How many days was it? Seven grand a day. No, but how many days? That's the difference. Well, the probably it's probably ongoing. It's ongoing, seven seven K a day. Yeah. Mm. But um Not that so yeah the app the app's obviously live. Um we because we charted that, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, God knows what we're in store for over the winter, but we'll just have to try and get through it. Sending you goodie parcels to cheer you up. No, no. No more goodie parcels. No. no. Send me books or send me some like ask me what I want and send me something. I thought you were gonna send me the Caroline Hirons book. You, I, I asked if you wanted it, and then you never, you never said. Pink sign version that from Waterstones. You've got a Waterstones account, haven't you? Hint, hint. I'm not buying it for you. <gasps> Why would I? Well, because you miss me. But I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so the rest of the podcast, we're going to be joined by our second guest, George Biddle from the Grad Sock. Um. I don't know how I originally got chatting to George. I think I don't. I feel like somebody through my network might have introduced or something. So the Grad Sock on their homepage of the website it says, "Finally, a company that gives a shit." So he's going to talk a little bit about um, his business, some of the faces, some of the issues graduates are facing, what the what it's like at the minute, especially during COVID. Um. And then we have got some topics that we're going to discuss. I'm not sure if George is going to stick around for, to discuss them, but we will be 
at least us two will be. So it's trends in influencer marketing. Um, how can business get through this winter of discontent and how the, there's more UK businesses being set up at a record rate and something about jetpacks as well. Yeah. So we'll move on with can the I podcast. Have one of those for Christmas, by the way. Hmm? <laughs> can I have one of those for Christmas? What? A jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Wee! That reminds me. You remember when Dad used to be like, if you were late, if we, when we were lazy as a kid, he'd be like, need a rocket up your ass. Or <laughs> I think they'd be, can you imagine selling them on Amazon? I think they'd be a great. They'd go down well, wouldn't they? Yeah, well, I just thought we'd talk about tech. Okay. So I thought it would be a laugh. Okay. So let's move on with the podcast. Okay. So we're joined with by our second guest that we've had on not this episode but this podcast overall, George Biddle from the Grad Sock. So on your homepage, which I quite like of your website, is finally a company that gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to tell us about the Grad Sock? Introduce yourself and where that kind of ethos, if you want to call it that, comes from. Sure. Um, I mean, firstly, I'm honoured to be second guest. Thank you very much for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, nice to nice to be in. Nice to nice to meet you, meet Sharon, who I've obviously heard a lot about through yourself, Declan. Um, uh, all all good things. <laughs> um, uh, where does that company ethos come from? I guess it comes from my own experience. In that I came through uni, and um, like the vast majority of people, I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. Um, I had kind of set myself up for a career in investment banking. Yeah, I know. Be, be one of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was always something that I was like, sort of not pushed into, but encouraged into by like family and, and friends and stuff. So, and I think that's, that's much more common than we think. Um, uh, and so, I went through that route. I went and got a, a year placement at a big investment bank in, in Germany and then just thought that, yeah, it's not for me. Um, so I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I'd always wanted to start my own business and I just thought, well, here is a problem right here. Um, uh, let's try and fix this and, and how, how on earth to go about it. What, what does the market look like? It looks way too professional. That's what it looks like. And so I wanted to create a company and an ethos with very much students at heart. Um, uh, we obviously, we, we kind of position ourselves within that uni bubble, um, very much student led, student facing, student tone of voice. And that's our, that's what our value prop is. Like we are a company that students can trust. Um, I, I, I wanted to make early on um uh, a difference here in terms of the vast majority of, of companies like myself their clients are other companies and so their value naturally aligns with the companies over the students um and so by making our revenue student uh driven um uh, making that difference early on that has naturally aligned our values to to be put forward to to the students so there is that that big focus there on actually 
we're here to serve students um, and not necessarily companies. And that's what helps build up the ethos, the trust. It helps build up our engagement. We've got insane engagement on our on our socials. And that is a result of that. It's, it's a result of, of us actually going, you know what? We're here to help you. Um, we understand the problems and we understand the issues and we're, we're trying to solve them. How long have you been going, George? So it's a good question. Um, uh, my initial business was called Sign In and that was started in very much the same field, um, trying to attack similar problems. Um, uh, but through various reasons, I did that for a year, had various amounts of success, but then June last year, I decided to take a massive pivot into rebranding, refocusing, um, uh, re- repurposing, you know, what, what is our mission? What are we actually trying to solve here? And then the grad top was born. So I guess technically we've only been going, what, a year and a couple of months? Mm-hmm. Seems like forever, though. It's good to pivot. <laughs> to, do you remember, Declan, you hated the thought of pivot, didn't you, when we first No, because I always thought that you kind of – out. I had no idea about business at all, but I always thought kind of like you sat down, you wrote your business model, and you kind of stuck to it. Whereas I'll never forget the conversation when you were just like, "I'm not writing a business model." You just went, you went as soon as as soon as you write it, it's old news and it just changes, and it was just so you. You were just like, "There's no way I'm sitting down and." Like you just rather would just crack on with it and see if it works, wouldn't you? But it's you? so valid. It's so so valid and such a a good attitude to have, especially when you're trying to create something new. Because as as you say, like what what you're doing and what you're you think you're doing is going to change time and time and time again in that first in that first three, four, even five years. And so it, it's yeah. one of the problems actually that I have with um uh, like investors and especially at the early stages and like funding applications they require these huge detailed business plans and it's like it means nothing i'm I'm literally plucking these figures out of thin air because i know they're just as susceptible to change as anything else in that business plan um so i think you're absolutely bang on there i mean it does help doesn't it i mean we've 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 done i mean we, we spent a few days didn't we on the business model canvas last was it last year when we were on the NatWest Accelerator wasn't it yeah things that they that they really sort of push you through um and it don't get me wrong like you have to have an idea of what you want to do and how you want to get there yeah it definitely makes you think about things um and I but I just think naturally if you've got a business head on you'll you'll do that anywhere I think yeah. some people, I think it's a, a lot of things are changing. I just think it's the old way of approaching things. It doesn't necessarily mean it's right, you know, because I don't know. I just think lots of things are changing and not every business is the same. Not everybody's business brain is the same. And we should all be allowed to get on and do things. I totally get it when, you know, you're looking for investment and it's got to be about the numbers. Mm. Um I think that's that's different then, but yeah, I remember Declan being really frightened. It's like, so we so we're not doing that now. So what? Okay, so what are we doing then? I'd be like, calm down, son, calm down. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. We change this up a little bit, and we don't need to do that anymore because neither of us like doing that. So why should we do it if it's our own business? Yeah, um, 
Yeah. And I think for you, Declan, you just thought, oh, people will think you're just flaky because you're always changing, <laughs> didn't you? Well, I did have that thing, that concern, because I think that's because I think what you think other people might be thinking is what you also think of yourself. So I was like, oh, well, people are thinking, right, well, last week we did social media and now all we're talking about is doing websites. People must think, oh, well, they weren't very good at getting social clients or they weren't. But whereas now I'm a lot better of not really caring what other people think. And I think I've just got more confident in the business yeah, yeah. and our, what we can do. Now I'm not bothered because I've seen many of people pivoting like right. <laughs> you've never you've never seen. And yeah. like we haven't even really developed how, how we know behind the scenes we want to develop and what we want to, you know, what the more work, types of work that we want to do. We haven't even really revealed that yet. Um, that's yeah. sort of coming. Um, I think, uh, for us as well, George, like the two age, age differences being in business. I bet that's quite interesting. Yeah, because like for me, I'm, uh, oh, I'm over that. I don't care what people think because I've been there and got several T-shirts. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think that helps, doesn't it? The two of us sometimes saying like, don't worry about people. Yeah. It's so good to have that. And it, like one, um, uh, so... Cloud, who um, heads up our marketing, we one of the reasons why it works so well is because we actively disagree with each other, um, mm. but we recognise the value in that as well, and so almost mm. do it on purpose because being able to do that in a in a civil, constructive way, actually having someone who's not like you, who has a different perspective to you, who who understands things that you don't and you understand things that they don't is so, so valuable to have because it it forces you to consider something that's outside of your, it does, yeah. your, your, um, your thing. I think what you were saying there, Declan, about um, uh, caring what people think, I'll never, ever forget. I, I reckon the, the biggest turning point in terms of my entrepreneurial journey, whatever you want to call it, God knows. Um, biggest turning point there was I ran um, a campaign when I entered Richard Branson's Pitch to Rich competition like two years ago. And it was literally just me. I just started the business. I was like, yeah, screw it. I'm just going to, I want to apply to this thing. Um, I want to submit this, et cetera, et cetera. And you had to run a six week campaign um, on basically getting as many people to vote for you as possible. So you had your pitch, you had your page on their website, um, and then that was it. It was up to you. And so I ran a six-week campaign where I basically bought a life-size cardboard cutout of Richard Branson and just took it around like businesses, <laughs> took it around the streets, took it around like anywhere and everywhere that I went. Um, and at first I was Apps, that first video that I ever released, I was terrified. I was like, oh my God, am I actually doing this? Like, what are my mates going to think? Like, do I look like an idiot? Um, like, do I even just carry on with this? And then as soon as I got past that point of, you know what, who cares? Who cares what people think? I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this because I want to be successful in business. I'm doing this because I want to win this competition and, you know, take that that step forward and and all the rest of it. And as soon as I just released myself from that, I, it's just been amazing because, as you say, you you just think, 
well, I'm just free to to do and try whatever I think is right. Um, yeah, it just frees you, know, you up to everything. Yeah. yeah, it is funny because I like I don't I don't know about you, but I don't have any other friends like in business, so they all not take the mic, but when I have to do, so I've started doing client interviews that I've put on YouTube and they all find it hilarious that they use me on an Instagram story chatting to somebody. But now I'm just like, I just, that's just part of what I do. I just have to get on with it. That's just, that's just part and parcel of what, what happens. And yeah, I just laugh it off now. I'm like, oh no, isn't it, isn't it embarrassing? But you just, you just get on with it, don't you? Do you think also as well that perhaps there I don't mean envious in 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 sort of an, a nasty sort of sense, but do you think some sometimes people look in and think, oh, "I wish I had the guts to have a, my own bit." Because I I honestly think that many many people really feel like they would like their own business. You know, I think there's probably mm. you know they you know there's lots don't do it, but I guess if you if you unpeeled the layers and said to somebody. What do you wish you'd done with your career? Or how many people actually say, oh, "What I'd have loved to have had a shot at my own business doing such and such." And I think sometimes that people look at you and see you that you're different and think, "Well, you're giving it a go." That's like that's something that I can't do for whatever reason. You know, haven't got the guts to. Um, can't take the time now. I'm on the career ladder. All of those types of things. I've got a mortgage to pay. Yeah. You know, you you were. Uh, you were lucky, Declan, that you started this with me when you were still living at home. And so mm-hmm. you just come back from uni. And I guess, do you still live at home, George, or are you? I've, I've moved back home, yeah, start yeah. off this, uh, this weird year. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's what's also weird about this year, though, that I do feel, we keep, I know it's that phrase, the world of work is changing, but I do feel that more and more people, I know many of them are being forced into setting up businesses because they've been made redundant now. But I also feel it's quite empowering for people to think, well, what else have I actually got to lose other than giving it a go now? Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I think more people will do it, actually, because they'll think, well, my job's my job's never going to be secure again. Mm. There's no job security. I mean, there, there wasn't much before it was, there, but there's even less now. So yeah. I think more people are going to actually take the step and think, do you know what? I'm going to give this a shot myself. It's a really, it's a really valid point, and um, uh, I'm going to give you a little personal anecdote here. Um, one of the main factors in me deciding to, to to give it a go with my own business, I, I'd always had been entrepreneur. I'd always tried hustling at school and starting different things and all of this, so I always had it in me. But it was when both my dad and my uncle got made redundant from jobs that. You know, corporate jobs, they've done fantastically in. They were like national heads, directors. Um, they've been in those jobs for 30, 40 years of their lives. And then they just got made redundant like that. Mm. And that, at that point, I think is one of the biggest factors where I went, you know what? Like, if, if you can plug 40 years of your life into a job for that company, co- company then to still have the power to turn around and go, sorry, mate, mm. redundant. That's not for me. So that, mm. That is definitely one of the one of the big things where I went, screw it. I'm going to give this a go. At least if I give it a go and fail, I can say I've got no regrets. Um, yeah. but it's so true because when people realise, like, you are just at the mercy of quite a lot out of your hands in a mm-hmm. career. Um, you're at the mercy of the, the business, the people working there, the economics. Um, actually taking that step on your own is, is empowering, as you say. 
it's so embarrassing and you learn a lot about yourself in the process oh you certainly do don't you i mean you know it it is great it has its bad days like any job doesn't it it's a challenge it's 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 an upward challenge sometimes you've got to you've got to figure things out and solve problems and oh it's hard <laughs> it is hard isn't it it is hard but and those people who think oh you've got your own business you can do it actually no you can't we, you know it's <laughs> far from we, we never escape do we Declan and not really game, no you you I guess you're probably a similar type of person to us you know, I say I never truly switch off unless I've left the country <laughs> no I agree but I guess part of that is not it is not always through um, uh, you feeling like you have to because of work purposes. It's more you you feel like you have to because you care because it's your yeah. thing, your yeah. baby. So yeah. I, I think the difference there is important to 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 sort of pinpoint in a when you're stressed in a career, you, you're stressed and you can't switch it off because you've got someone breathing down your neck. Where mm-hmm. you, when you're stressed and you can't switch off switch off with your business, it's because you care about the business. It's because you invest all your time into making that success uh, yeah. uh, for for personal reasons, uh, for ambition, for all the rest of it. So I, yeah, completely, really I, 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 I never really switch off, but I'm, I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would, to take your anecdote that you just said there, George, about your dad and your uncle being made redundant, like I'd much rather be checking my emails at two in the morning for my own gain because it's mine mm. than you know doing it for somebody else and then you potentially work for them 30 40 years and they still don't think anything of just getting rid of you um oh, so number. you think you know as your own businesses grow what sort of you know because we are talking at the minute of potentially becoming an employer aren't we and you sort of think, so what sort of culture will will you have? I guess it's hard, though, isn't it? Because, you know, I guess those businesses that have done that to people, do you think they ever set out to be like that? You know? It's, it's probably... Um, I think it's probably when that big layer of management comes in and the decisions are no longer your own there's you know there's multiple partners there's multiple investors loads of stakeholders involved and so more often than not um i, I mean it's, it's one of the reasons why people are so scared or or never want to go public is because that decision process decision making process gets taken out of your hands and for the most part it gets sacrificed for numbers um uh, because that's why those things happen they're they're numbers driven they're no unless someone's doing an awful job, like you're never turning around and going, right, what's the first solution to this problem? I'm going to just fire that person. It's a special kind of person to be like that. But I think most of the time it's numbers driven and that just comes with stakeholders, with people who aren't fully aligned. In terms of you guys hiring, I I had a similar thing. Um, at the start of this year, uh, we started taking on interns and I've got a total of 11 people um, working with me at the moment, which is which is awesome, a mixture of intern, part-time and full-time. And culture is that big question. It's like, what on earth is it? Like, how do I create? Mm-hmm. Where do we go? Are they going to like us? What do we want to do? Um, 
genuinely, it comes accidentally. It comes, mm. it comes naturally. If you, if you just treat them like you would want to be treated, if you give them opportunity, if you give them ownership of their work, if you, if you support them and care for them like they're part of your family and your business, they're going to respond and they're going to buy into whatever culture you're naturally building. Um, I, that's all I've done. And we have got an awesome team. We, we have, we do this thing every Friday afternoon called Fridays and Beers, where we all just get on a Zoom, have a couple of beers and throw the, the weirdest and most wonderful ideas at each other, um, until something sticks. And we just have a, have such a laugh. We just have, have a ball. I've never met nine of the people that are that I'm with mm. currently, which is insane, but we've somehow managed to create a culture. And I say somehow managed because it's completely back. I've just stuck true to what, what I believe in and what I think people deserve as coming into your team and mm-hmm. it's itself. So I think it will happen the same with you. I know yeah, it's yeah. funny, isn't it? Cause obviously we have a, well, I guess we call it an unofficial team, but I guess in by today's standards, it's now an official team. We work with a team of freelancers on projects. Yeah. Because when when I actually talk about employees, I'm talking about, you know, physical people who need a salary every month. But obviously our business model as well is to bring experts in, in to collaborate on clients' projects. And the the reason for that was because for however long I've done this now, too too many years to to count, I've been in digital, but you really want to give your clients the best. And, and for us as a business, for us to employ that level of expertise, to be an emp- we couldn't afford it. Do you know what I mean? So we, we bring those people in on projects. They quote their own rates and we project manage the, the campaign, whatever it is we're doing for the client. So we've, we have got some of that culture going, haven't we? Because we've really gelled with the, the people that we're working with, haven't we, Dex? And yeah, it is hard. I agree with what George says. I think you you kind of like, is it re put your soul? Is that what they're, they're saying? Yeah. Is it's like if you kind of go into it and build this kind of culture and have certain a vibe, if we want to say that, yeah. um, and I guess that's what that's what follows with your staff. You would hope, um, which is what we need to do. Is just reminded me. Thank you, George. We haven't had a Zoom with our geniuses for ages. Mm. We need. No, no. We need to set one up. Because as we said before, before we clicked record, we're all spinning these millions of plates at the minute. Because we're collaborating with with them, sort of like individually on different projects, but we've not all been in a room together for for months now. Yeah. Oh God. We need to do some Zoom drinks with them, Dex. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think you can be forgiven during times like this when. You don't have the the office and the physical kind of reminders that you know there's there's people there etc. It's so hard to it's hard to even just keep up with my mates at the moment. Um, yeah. Trying to find things to to do and like chat to them or call them or whatever. So yeah, I think you can be I think you can be forgiven for that. There's only so many games of bingo you can do online. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and quizzes. Like I'm never I'm never doing it. I'm I'm never doing a Zoom quiz again, honestly. I'm not a bingo person, but I actually really look forward to it. We were doing um, a Saturday night through the height of lockdown with with our neighbours and um, we were doing a quiz and 
somebody introduced a, a couple of games of bingo to it as well. And I was like, oh, I love this online bingo. Great. <laughs> You know what? At the start of lockdown, one of my mates messaged me saying, uh, Oh, download Tom Bowler Bingo. It's class. <laughs> and, we, and we all went, Oh, what? Are you, you've lost your head. You've completely lost your head. You, you're playing bingo two weeks into lockdown. Um, anyway, a week later, we all downloaded it. I made like a grand off bingo. Okay. Yeah, genuinely. Like, I was like, Oh, look at Mum's eyes light up, honestly. Tom Baller app. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they were doing some <laughs> special sign-up where you basically got, like, 75 quids free worth of, of like, bingo stuff. And, yeah, just one load of money. I was like, <laughs> go and have a look. <laughs> I think everybody was downloading at the beginning the party app. Do you remember it? House party. House party. House party. House party. Then all, all these apps, when an app's that popular, like that, then you always hear you get the rumors, don't you? Yeah. Oh, it's it's Russian, or oh, it's uh, it's Chinese, oh, or yeah. everyone was on it, and then that rumor went round like, oh, it's it's a Chinese made app, and they're all what? Yeah, everyone's like, ah, oh, delete it. Yeah, yeah. you need to delete it now. I remember that one where it changed your face. Do you remember that app ages ago? Oh, and you. you could like oh. Where it no, where it like made you look old and made you look like a baby, and they said, "Oh, the profiling all of our faces, so they've got us for facial recognition." What they're going to do with us when they've got us? No, like so, then they've got your face, and then they can use it facial recognition stuff. Yeah, well, I thought, I thought yeah. you were talking about face tune. Your your dad came home from work last night. Oh no, I don't care. Sending this video. You know where he, he's his face has been put on Rambo and everything. I'm like, yeah, yeah, so like, it's a load of rubbish. Yeah. at the minute. Mm, bless him. So before we move on to some like digital techie news that I was we were going to discuss, just quickly, obviously with grads and students have been massively in the headlines of late when they went back to uni after this terrible lockdown year what do you think are the some of the challenges like i always i always say oh in this digital world because of what podcasts are trying to build but really i just mean what the world is like now so what is the you know what are the struggles of grads what what are students looking for these days is it what job opportunities do you notice any kind of shift in whatever's going on trends yeah i think um the the changes will come more within the workplace rather than before it i i don't think obviously it's been a tough year for grads because every company in the world pretty much stopped hiring um which is why you you saw what you did um i think the the real problems come when you start missing out on the social interaction so i mentioned the workplace but biggest issue right now is universities like you're paying nine grand a year for essentially what is a streaming service um Mm -hmm. joke because they're you know the students are paying all of this money for lectures delivered online you get you're not allowed to go into uni um uh, i know students who you know their their project work is based on being able to print their work out and they've they've emailed their uni saying can we use the you know the the uni printers and facilities and the uni has gone that 
so they had to buy their own printers so it's it's things like that where they're really getting shortchanged on um and that is obviously exposing unis for a hell of a lot of things actually um certainly in terms of employability for a long time there's been this kind of yeah go to uni get a degree or get your job immediately and it couldn't be further from the truth um and that this whole thing has really highlighted that um and i think it's really highlighted it for not just students but employers as well because they're now looking at, at students coming through this year going uh okay you've essentially just had a had some online lessons for a year um does that make you ready to be employable you've missed mm-hmm. out all the social interaction all the all that that social and personal development side of it so uh where are we are so be the best time of your life isn't it i mean i felt you know yeah. it, last month when it was all on the news my heart went out to all those students because i was trying to think of you know my two lads happening to them i was like it almost seemed like the unis were like well we need the money so the government said, yes, all go to university. And then they get there and it's like they were all just thrown under that bus. Yeah, massively, massively. And I just, my heart went out to them. I thought, Poo. some of them have never been away from home before. And now mm. they're being forced to, and, and then saying if they've got mental illness problems or, you know, they've got problems with the mental health to, to speak to the people that they're living with. Well, if you've just met them, you're not going to open up to them, are you? Imagine just insane but uh, even just like um oh i don't know, like my, my little cousin graduated in the summer and if there's one thing you look forward to it's your graduation day it's, mm-hmm. it's literally you have it in you in your head from the second you start uni to the second you finish like it's pretty much what what gets you through final year um uh, and gets you through all the stresses of handing in your, your dis and your exams and all of that and none of them got that and that that's what broke my heart because i that like everyone deserves a graduation and that's just crap that's horrible Um, but coming back to the original question yeah i think it's really it's really shed some light into actually how much value universities are providing for what they're charging um uh, are there alternative routes are there other companies who can help more i.e you know, a company like us. Um, and I think that uh, those problems will also be going into the workplace with, I'm a big fan of remote work, but I think that you, that there's still such a huge benefit from being able to meet people and be in an office with people and be able to lift your head up from your computer and go, ah, oh, Declan, you know, send me that or do you want to go grab some lunch or do you want to do this? And I think there's yeah. a huge value in being able to do that. And so is that something that grads are going to be missing out on for, you know, this year, the ones who have got jobs, the ones, you know, it's it's going to have a massive knock-on effect. I think moving forward, people will need to really assess how to make this shift and how to carry that social element with it if they can. Um, uh, yeah. You're really well placed with your business then, aren't you, to be part of all of this change? Yeah, definitely. It's it's change that we've we've been driving since yeah. since started. Um so yeah, very, very like good in, in that respect because it means that our mission has all of a sudden got a bit of a voice. It's got a bit of weight yeah. behind it. Um like we're not doing it to 
you know, um, drive millions and millions of pounds, so that'd be really nice. Because um, mm. I experience it and I care about it. Um, and that's mm. everyone involved with the business. Like, we know the problems. We know how tough it is. We've sent off 40, 50 applications and got no feedback at all from companies. It's it's ruthless and it's crap. Um, and so yeah. definitely it's it's a good thing because it will drive good change for a lot of reasons. I wonder if the unis have just, is it complacency? Is it just yeah. they know that they're going to get however many thousands every year, regardless really of what, what they're putting out like my degree a lot of it was labs and the thought of me just going from so say this year I was going back in my second year so I knew that we were meant to be having all the labs that we'd had in first year and more zoology oh nice cool so um, that's a whole that's a whole different story but um, yeah but yeah the thought of just going and it's just recorded lectures and that's it and just sat up I'd be like what the hell am I paying for like and even because I don't even think a lot of lectures I always used to say that a lot of lecturers are complacent as well because I used the more they could take the most amazing interesting topic and I'd be dead excited for the lecture knowing what it was going to be and I'd go in and after an hour I would be bored stiff like it's just I always I, I don't the best way to ruin one of your interests is to study at uni <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't have studied it. I should have like kept studied something else, kept it as like a hobby, and then I'd have probably pursued it as a career. But actually studying it, oh god! But yeah, you can say the same as well for his country. Computer science, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it is a shit, but it shouldn't be like that at all. It should inspire, it should inspire and, you and make you. Yeah, more, it? but one of the yeah, one of the big reasons for that is um over the last sort of 10 years unis have had a massive boom um because this rhetoric came out like you get a degree a degree is everything you get a job um and it just became an accepted thing to to think and so unis underwent this massive boom massive growth and the vast majority of them they were just churning new courses out, new degrees that should never have gone out, that should never have passed quality. Um, uh, and that quality has just been dragged and stretched and stretched and that money's just kept pouring in. So they've poured it into building new buildings and new facilities and they just bring in whoever they can to, to develop these degrees and these courses. And what mm-hmm. often happens is someone taking a degree in digital marketing never actually gets to work on mm. real digital marketing. And it's like, yeah. okay, right, so you're learning all the theory, fair enough, but are you going to use any of that? Um, and that's unfortunately what's happened. So It was like some of those degrees that you heard when, when all that rhetoric did come out that you go to uni and everyone went to uni. It was like... I always remember in my sixth form, as soon as somebody said they were out, wanted to go down the apprenticeship route, I remember watching, it was like the teachers weren't bothered about them anymore because that wasn't, you know, the whole point of the sixth form was to get them into the best unis ever. Um, But it's just how, where was I going with that? Totally lost my train of thought. Totally gone. Unis becoming complacent, basically. 
Oh, like, yeah, like some of those degrees that they were coming up with. And I don't try not to drink the Kool-Aid of like the the male headlines that they come out with now and again. Mm. But, you know, like the the Harry Potter. I was there was a Harry Potter. Yeah. And also, and I was like, someone, what the hell? I wrote their dissertation on like David Beckham or something. It's like, OK, right. Uh, mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I went to quite an academic uni and. And there is a little bit of snobbery. Like I went to Newcastle, Red Brick, whatever. And there always is a bit of snobbery. But there are some courses when I heard some of, even some of my friends' dissertations. And I was like, that's what you do when you dissertate. I used to be a bit like, I don't think you needed to go to uni to write a dissertation on that. But yeah. it is what it, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, um, we've been chatting for 35 minutes really? now, So we've got and about... I, 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 I... Yeah. I find it fascinating what you're doing and I'm sure that it's it's even more gonna come into its own now. No, definitely. I, hope, yeah. I, I, really hope that I can be a big part of it. Um yeah. that's good. Enjoying it. So we'll quickly I think we've got about ten ten minutes left because mum I know you need to be done by five and we need to record our outros as well. I'm when George... to get my brows done, George, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So but um one of the topics I wanted to discuss was an article about trends in influencer marketing, which I thought would be quite good for what you've done as well, George, because I know you, you're the business and some of the interns that you have have got an invested interest in TikTok. Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest trends that's happening at the minute is it is still on a smaller scale, but I was actually shocked that, to hear this, um, the quick uptake, because normally it takes brands quite a while to really jump on something. Mm-hmm. Um but 35% of brands would have a de- dedicated influencer marketing teams with a specific focus on TikTok. Um, Interesting. I found that. Which I... High. Like, high. That, that is high. Yeah. Do, you, do you know what? Um, the proof is in the pudding. As you rightly say, you know, done some nice research there, Zeklin, well done. Um, <laughs> one of my interns came on and she just loves TikTok. She was completely obsessed with TikTok. Um, and I was just so impressed with her throughout the internship. I wanted to keep her on and I wanted to keep her involved. And so um, uh, I asked her, like, what what do you want to do? And she pitched TikTok to me. Now, I was terrified of TikTok. I just, I thought the same as what everyone else was thinking, like it's just full of 14-year-olds dancing and stuff like that. Anyway, she pitched it to me, and I was just so impressed. I went, it's yours. If you want it, that is yours. And within... Three months, she's she's uh, built up our TikTok from scratch to 10,000 uh, followers. We've had hundreds of thousands of engagements through TikTok. And I think that alone, I'm not saying it was easy and I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Shona, but um, I'm saying that the opportunity is there to do that. And so I'm not actually that surprised that a lot of companies are jumping on that hype because the way the algorithms work are very favorable for not just creating and sharing content far and wide, but actually keeping that content running. Like I'll, you, you'll see videos on TikTok that were posted a month ago that are still getting traction. And mm-hmm. that's something that previous platforms have never had or been able to offer. So it's a really, a really interesting one. Um, uh, definitely in terms of, you know, how that feeds into influencer marketing with people like Shona who have just grown up using the app. It's their generation. They love it. They love the creativity of it. 
and they're just good at it. Like it still baffles me how you create a decent TikTok. I've had a couple of goes with varying degrees of success. Um, nothing on Shona's efforts, but it's something that a lot of that generation can do naturally and well. And if you can do it well, then you're going to be able to drive a lot of traffic through through your TikTok. Um, oh, I know some people who do it really well. Because I, I mm. work as well in my spare time, which Declan goes, oh, there she goes, throwing it in again. But, um, yeah, I'm a <laughs> blogger as well, George. And, um, yeah, I know some people who do this fabulously, you know, and have earned a phenomenal living from from right across social, but obviously adapted to TikTok and now Instagram Reels as well. Um, so, yeah, it's all about finding – it's where your audience is at the end of the day. That's – But do you know what I found fascinating? So when the, something like Facebook and Instagram ads came out, when brands jumped on that, a lot of businesses didn't really seem to know how to do it. <laughs> they kind of – took the advertising that they might have put on the telly and just put the exact same thing on social and wanted the same results. So I was worried, oh, TikTok. And I have seen some brands and you cringe because it's awful and they don't get the kind of content that they should be making Mm. specifically for that platform. But I've actually noticed, I don't know if they're putting all the youngsters in these brands in charge of the TikToks, but they're actually quite good. I think think it's exactly that. Quite early on, and it's something that Shona talked about in a couple of her webinars that that she did for us, quite early on you saw a lot of brands jumping on it straight away but just trying to create ads as if they were going to create them on Facebook or whatever. And it was really obvious. And so there was this this whole thing about like all of like Gen Z on TikTok just slating these – these company ads for how bad they were like the comments were literally like cyberbullying brands because you know it was so obvious to them and so i think they had a bit of a baptism of fire and so i i think as a result a lot of companies have snapped up you know gen z students grads to come into these roles and go right how on earth do we create you know good content for tiktok and as you say it's you get a lot of brands doing it really well um and it all just kind of stems from I guess like authenticity, but also understanding the the TikTok culture that's created. And I've seen, I've seen some amazing content from. Yeah. I nearly bought something the other day, and it's something I didn't need. Honestly, it was like a bit of slime, and what you do is you like it can fit in all the bits of your car to get all the bits of crap out. You know, oh, like I've the, seen the, I've seen the video. I've seen yeah, the video. and I was. I was enthralled for about a minute. I was staring at this thing and I thought, God, that looks so good. Could get in everywhere that the Hoover couldn't get. And I thought, I nearly bought it. I thought, I don't need a bit of slime. Like, that's just ridiculous. But it just goes to show if it's done well and if it's a video where you're not even realising it's an ad, you're just watching it. And then the engagement comes after. That's it. It's so powerful. My favourites, as you know, is um, Victoria in the fro. And she works with Chanel and Balenciaga and and her content. There's her and her and well, he's actually a husband now. Um, and their content, you think, had been made by you, you imagine it, you know, like some of the amazing adverts that you would see on TV. Yeah, they'd be good enough to put on TV. Mm. They're just so creative and colourful and funny, yeah. and it's just I just. 
I absolutely love the fact that people can, if you're creative, it doesn't cost you a lot to be creative now and to get out there, does it? And I think that's a really, really nice point, actually, the fact, you know, a, a bit of a bit of a nod of the cap to TikTok there because they've created an app which is intuitive. It, it, it gives people who are creative the, the power and the freedom to create and to create for free yeah. and to have those like, because traditionally, if you want to create, you, you got to, you know, sign up to the Adobe suite, which is however much like 50 quid a month or whatever. Um, expensive. Yeah. You know, these tools are expensive. They're great tools to use, but unless you're in the industry, unless you need them, you can't afford them. And so what TikTok has brought about, as you say, very rightly so, is just that freedom to be able to create. Um, but yeah. Well, it's like, Although I still, although I do still cringe at the thought of those TikTok houses, which we've discussed on a previous episode. Oh God! Yeah. If you if you picked me up and said take me to hell, that's where I would. That's where I would be put. Like, yeah. It's it's been a fascinating time, and it continues to be. You know, for the for the the blogging world and the the Instagrammers, the TikTokers, all of this to think that you can just be. One person sat there in a screen and think, oh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And then, and then suddenly you've got all of these followers. You start monetizing it. It's just that you just think. And I guess that's why, you know, there's been a massive, I'm probably digressing a little bit now, but there's been a massive um, sort of onslaught of people saying, who do these content makers, these influencers think they are? Because obviously they're taking over where the traditional media, you know, had their foot in the door, well, more than a foot in the door, the whole body in the door, didn't they? Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a fascinating time. I love it all, as you know. Just got a bit of bit of lawnmower in the background there. Don't know if you. Oh, never heard it. No. No, I didn't, honestly. I just thought it's... I was boring you, George. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I'm going to leave you with a parting thought, and definitely want to know how much I love LinkedIn here. Um, I think yeah. it's it's an interesting one for many reasons, but it's one that both companies and individuals um, are they're, they're surprisingly slow at the uptake and, and learning how to use LinkedIn. Um, but what we essentially have with LinkedIn right now, and one of the reasons I think TikTok has done so well is because they were so good at sharing that content to so many people. And you get that when you get a content efficient platform like you I don't, I don't need to tell you both how hard instagram is to to get any kind of traction on because there's more content than there is users and so when you share on your personal account it's it's you're lucky to reach you know even half of your own followers let alone anyone outside of that yeah. whereas linkedin there is far 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 more users than there is content at the moment so you don't even have to post all you have to do is come up with a really good comment um, on someone else's post. Let's say Declan has, I don't know, a thousand followers on LinkedIn. I he, he posts something, that post will reach every single one of his followers to start with. I comment on Declan's post with something really, really good. Um, and then LinkedIn will sort the comments that, that happen in terms of relevance, what they call relevance, which basically means how much engagement it's getting. So if I comment and, and Declan responds and other people comment on it, that comment is the most relevant. So my comment is basically piggybacking your post. So I don't even have to have connected with you. 
for my comment to be seen by every single one of your 1,000 followers. The exposure is exponential that you can create from LinkedIn. It's insane. And now the exciting time is that, I don't know if you guys have both got it, but I've just got stories yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it just came out, yeah. You've got it now. Your bed would be made so we could, I could take a little picture and we could put our first story on there. Oh, sorry. Oh. Um, but, um, well, yeah, so I suppose that's, that's as done. I, we can't really get to the other bits, but I think the second point about more people starting a business, we kind of covered when we were chatting anyway yeah. about people being made redundant the last little bit was going to be be about jetpacks but i think we're, we're pretty much i said um, i want can you imagine getting one of those for christmas george getting a jetpack for christmas what, how would you even like what would you do with that just run outside and go see ya see yeah. i can't imagine i don't i don't i don't think they're going to be like direct to, to consumer mum I feel like, do you I think know. I hadn't guessed that, Declan? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, there's that there's that company who uh, they were in the Leeds Digital Festival, weren't they? And they they were like testing out the jetpack, and you've I've seen it a couple of times on on social media. Um, uh, like some guy just flying around in his in his like jetpack. It looks quite cool. Really? Yeah, yeah. So there's clearly stuff going on there. Well, this one was all about um, mountain rescues. They're training in them um, so they can get to you in seconds because obviously a helicopter might not oh. um, be able to get to you. So they just fly up on this jetpack. And I was like, especially because we talk about future tech, I was I was looking at it, I was like, that is literally the future. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you ever, if you ever um, need someone to, to chew your ear off about futurism, I'm your man. I absolutely love futurism. The geek oh, out. Wow, that would be a good episode. We'll talk about yeah. We'll Lord. talk about the metaverse. Yeah. The metaverse mm. is such an interesting concept. So, do you recommend any? Oh. What books would you recommend? Oh, so if you are going to read uh, on futurism or just in general on futurism, um, uh, there's a guy called uh, Jamie Bartlett who um, has really interesting podcasts and he's got a couple of books out as well. And he looks at quite futuristic concepts, not necessarily just limited to tech, but limited, you know, going out to like... To life in general. Like, re- yeah, really fringe people on society who are just doing things completely differently and like reimagining the way a society can run or a country can run and... Things like that. Really, really interesting bloke. So I'd say give Jamie Barlett a follow. Oh, yeah. Thought provoking stuff, eh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of books already, but I'm, I've got, I buy, I buy too many books. It's crazy. So yeah, I know. Just, I've got few. Just ordering off Amazon. Yeah, I know. It's mad, isn't it's it? It's mad. Back there. That's my, that's my to read pile. Oh, I've got one of. Yeah, yeah, downstairs. It's about there must be like twenty books on there that are just yeah. Reading for me is the first thing that drops off. Like when you're busy, you know. Yeah, that's the first thing to go. I'll still maybe make a bit of time to watch a film or telly, but reading's normally what. Unless I'm really into a book, that's kind of what goes. I I build it into my into my diary, into my schedule. I I read forty five minutes every day without fail. 
oh, I should do that. It's amazing. I used to when I was younger. I tell you what happens to me these days when I'm not working because do put some crazy hours in. But when I'm not working, I daydream a lot. (laughs) What, you just sit and daydream? No, I don't just sit, but I do find myself wandering off. Maybe that's my age. (laughs) Oh, God. Procrastination is one of the best things you can do for creativity. So there you go. Oh, I'm, I I would get, like, mega gold stars for procrastination, honestly. I've got worse. I've got older. I get done what I need to do at my work. I think work is the only thing I don't procrastinate about, but the other areas of my life at the minute. But I think lockdown has got something to do with that as well. Psychologically, I haven't figured it out yet, but I do think it's that. Search for procrastination on uh, on TED Talks. There's a really, really interesting one. And it's all about how it fuels creativity. Very, very good. Oh. Right. Well, I know you need to get to get off. I know you need to get off, Mum, and we could talk forever. So thank you so much for joining us, George, as I would I can just I could just cheer you off all day about so many things. So Yeah. Oh, it's We're fabulous to meet you, George. I'm glad we finally got to chat. Yeah, Angie, it's been it's been great and thank you very much for having me on. Um yeah. a lot of fun. And I look forward to the uh, the futurism one. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I'm doing. That sounds like that sounds like a, a Leeds Digital Fest kind of event. That mm-hmm. shall we? Shall we? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Definitely. Right. Thank you so much. Take care. See you later. Bye. See you. Bye. So that was a good interview, wasn't it? Oh, I really enjoyed it. Isn't he a nice guy? <laughs> what are you laughing at? You're just such a good actress. You're so like... No, no, I don't mean that you're saying it was a good interview. It's because we've literally just talked about it. Oh, I can switch my uh, well, Whilst we're not recording. And then I press record as if it's the first time. And you just like... Yeah, it was really good, really good, yeah. How many times have I told you, son, I've missed my vocation? Oh, you've missed many a vocation. You need to be reincarnated, you. <laughs> you do. You really do. But, yeah, it'll be a long episode, but that's that's that. That's that done. Brilliant. Um, yeah, it was fun. So are we done then? I really enjoyed it. So thank yeah. you for introducing me to George. He's a very interesting young young man. Do you always like, like, do you always spark off the youngsters, you? Uh, young at heart. Young yeah. at heart. Do, do, do. You're so young at heart. Can't sing for toffee, though, can I? So. No, that's one thing you couldn't write. You write the vibe of the young ones. I, I'm just fascinated on, on the outlook on life. Hmm. It's fabulous. Fabulous! It's not the right word to use, but I do like the vibes. I reckon if I just stayed quiet for a good half hour, you could just keep going. Do my own podcast. Oh, no, just like... It'd be one of those moments, I've got something to tell you, son. You're no longer required on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Right, <laughs> shut up now. It's my podcast. The Shazza Show. Show. There you go. This episode is too long already. Right. We're going.
Thank you for listening to this episode of It's In The Jeans podcast. You can follow us both on Twitter. I'm at the digital underscore Declan and you are? At before end it. And I'm confused with yours because you've changed it. I've just got a part, like I've got a business I'm, one now. Sorry. You know, just separating the two. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also follow our business at the digital gene. Please like, share and write a review for this podcast using the hashtag it's in the genes pod when you're out on social. Can I say one more thing. If anybody's listening and they haven't written a review yet, I'll be round. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I'd, obviously, it's the, the Apple podcast that I always want a review on. Mm. And quite a lot of people listen on Spotify, and that doesn't, at the minute, allow you to write reviews. Yeah, they're and, out, they? Well, they're really pushing podcasts, so I'm sure they will at some point. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know what about, about Google Podcasts, so maybe need to look into that, see mm. if we've got some reviews on there but yeah okay see ya take care bye bye